0: Yo, 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 welcome back to The Growing Lock with your boy, Samson Locks. We're here with the fourth installment of my podcast. You know how we do it. We're talking about college football today. And yes, the playoff pairings have been made. The bowl games are set and we are ready for bowl season, people. It was an interesting end to the season. Almost all of my picks were correct. I don't want to toot my horn, but, you know, I was kind of on point with it. The only thing that I would say I was wrong with, two things. And I'll own up to them. You know, I don't shy away from being wrong. Everybody's wrong once in a while. We have to be critical of ourselves. Notre Dame did not drop 10 4 Oklahoma did not leap them, which led to some interesting pairings for the playoffs. But we'll get into that towards the end. Second thing shout out to the georgia bulldogs for proving me wrong being an lsu fan i figured that the way we blew them out yes transitive property should not be used in football because anything can happen on any given game but this georgia team has improved from the beginning of the season all the way until the end and personally i feel they won the game against alabama listen to what i'm saying of course yeah they lost on the scoreboard but if you're a georgia bulldog fan out there and you hear this You have my deepest sympathy because I'm not sure what Kirby Smart was thinking. Dude, you're close to midfield. There's about a minute left to go in the game and it's tied. Why would you run a fake punt? Oh, what was it? a, A fourth and 13? A fourth and 11? Bro, who does that? Your defense was playing well up to this point, and then Tua was hurt. Yes, Jalen Hurts did lead the game winning drive, but you gave him half of a field to do it. It wasn't that hard. It was not that hard. If you would have simply punted the ball and pinned them in their own territory, you take the chance of Jalen Hurts having to drive at least 80 yards against your defense, who had been playing well up to that point. And you possibly you take the game in overtime, you take it in overtime, and I would have expected Jake Fromm to pull out the win over Jalen Hurts, which he's still a great quarterback. He's seasoned. He's been in that situation before. He's won a national championship. But Kirby, you do not give that Nick Saban and that offense half a field to go down and win the game. I'm not sure what you were thinking, bro, but that that went down is the worst play call I've ever seen in my life from a football coach. And yes. That's including the call from Pete Carroll to not give the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Anyways, I'll get off of it, dogs. I know it's hurting you, but you guys had an amazing season, and we're going to talk about your matchup today in the bowl game with Texas. First bowl game we're going to talk about, not the playoffs, will be the Rose Bowl. Ohio State versus the Washington Huskies, a beautiful matchup that will take place on New Year's Day, 4 p.m. on ESPN. Let's talk about the Ohio State Buckeyes first. You know the game. You know the guy that we want to talk about. Dwayne Haskins, by far, in my opinion, no offense to Kyle Murray, no offense to Tua. Dwayne Haskins has been the most impressive quarterback I've seen this whole season. 4,500 passing yards, 47 touchdowns, eight interceptions, completing way more than half of his passes. He's a redshirt sophomore. He's constructing a great resume to put his name into the draft, and you can't deny him. The kid has just been accurate. He's been poised. The moment is never too big for him. Yes, Ohio State has an ugly loss on the schedule to Purdue where the whole team didn't play up to par. But Dwayne Haskins has a cannon. He's accurate. He's mobile. He's savvy. The only problem with Ohio State this year has been the defense. They're giving up at least 25 points per game and their offense has to continuously score. Now... Here's the problem with this matchup. Washington has a great quarterback of their own, although he has not been having a stellar season compared to the way he played last year. That'd be Jake Browning. Completing over half of his pass is almost 3,000 yards, but with a ratio of 16 touchdowns to 10 interceptions, that speaks, you know, average, possibly a little bit below average, I would say for Jake Browning's standards. But, on the other hand, they have Miles Gaskin. One of the top running backs in the country this year, running for close to 1,200 yards. I'm pretty sure he'll break that mark by this bowl game. 10 touchdowns. Washington usually has an explosive offense. They can still put up points, but their defense, in my opinion, has been the story of that team this year. Now, if Washington can limit Ohio State... Limit them. They're going to score. It's, it's a nice offense with J.K. Dobbins, Haskins leading the way, and possibly the top wide receiver in this draft. Maybe next to Jerry Judy would be Paris Campbell. Guys, explosive, athletic freak, great in open space, amazing hands, verticality, can go up and get the ball over anyone. This, this matchup is, is really intriguing, and I would advise you not to miss it. I want to say Ohio State for the win, but that defense just gives up so many points. Washington can score the ball. Averaging 26 points per game, and Jake Browning is still a legit quarterback prospect, in my opinion, with a great running back. I think this game for Ohio State to win is going to come down. Can can they stop Washington's offense? I'm pretty sure Washington defense can stop Ohio State a couple of times, but I'll still give the win to the Buckeyes with Urban Meyer coaching. Dwayne Haskins goes out on a high note and puts himself in position to possibly be the first quarterback taken of 2019 NFL Draft. I'm going to go with a prediction of Ohio State winning to 41-34, so just remember that. You can make your pick on this, by the way. No offense to Washington, you guys had a great season. I expect this bowl game can go either way, but I'm taking the Buckeyes. Next game on the list, another beautiful matchup that I've never seen before. Two historic programs, the Georgia Bulldogs and good old Texas Longhorns. Texas what a great season the record may not show nine and four but they just lost a close game against their biggest foe red river rivalry to the Oklahoma Sooners who will be in the playoff Texas I would say the biggest word for them this year not a positive word inconsistency but being inconsistent is not necessarily bad It's not saying you're a bad team. It's just saying that you're not always playing to a constant level. And we've seen this Texas team can be one of the elites by beating Oklahoma this year. They've had moments where they look like a great team. And I think they're steadily improving under Tom Herman. He's bringing back the winning culture to that program. And I think this season was a step in the right direction. They're in the All-State Sugar Bowl, which takes place in New Orleans, Louisiana, a beautiful venue in the Superdome, and they're playing against a Georgia team that is also elite. This this matchup, I would say can go either way, but Texas hasn't shown me enough on defense. They have some great wide receivers. Their offense can be explosive at moments, but you have a Georgia team that has a loss to an LSU team, which I believe if they played that matchup five times, Georgia probably take it about three or four. Give it four. And they lost to Alabama. They lost to Alabama because of a boneheaded, boneheaded play call by Kirby Smart. A fake punt on a 4th and 11. I don't know how many times I might say that. It's still ringing in my head. I might just go to sleep tonight and wake up and be like, why did Kirby Smart call a fake punt on the 4th and 11? Georgia should be in the playoffs Hopefully that game doesn't linger onto this All-State Sugar Bowl. They have time to think about it. They know how good they are. You have probably the best backfield tandem in the country between Elijah Holyfield and DeAndre Swift. Jake Fromm playing at an elite level. You have Baker on defense who's possibly going to be the first or second cornerback inside of him and Greedy Williams to be drafted. Georgia had a beautiful season. The pass rush came alive against Bama. As you've seen, they they got two out of there. And I'm not saying that is a bad thing. That ankle was messed up, but they showed they can rush the um, the passer. And I think it's gonna be a challenge for Texas to be able to stop that Georgia running attack. That's what really sets the tone for Georgia. They're mean and nasty. They're gonna punch you in the mouth. And once they establish that run game, Jake Fromm has all the time in the world on those play actions. They just find those quick wide receivers, crossing routes, slants, crossing routes, slants. And as soon as you come up for a press, you get burnt deep. Interesting game. I feel like it'll be close by halftime, but I just feel like Georgia explodes in the second half. Could be wrong. I'm taking the Bulldogs in the All-State Sugar Bowl. Give me Georgia 48-21. to They're going to establish their dominance and show that even though they lost to Bama at the end and they didn't end up in the playoffs, they, they possibly and very well might have, should have been in the playoffs because remember what we said it doesn't necessarily go by record losses happen losses happen but the objective of the playoffs was to put the best four teams in the playoffs and based on what georgia showed me they're without a doubt a top four team in this country next game we go into could be a matchup that i know a lot of you are tired of this takes place december 29th on espn 11 a.m michigan and florida How many times have we heard this matchup in the past five years? Would this be like the third time? Is it the third time? This one takes place in the fake Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the Falcon Stadium of Atlanta, Georgia. Interesting matchup. It might be a snooze fest if you like offense, because I guarantee you this Michigan and Florida game, is gonna be gritty, it's gonna be grimy, it's gonna be full of big hits, a lot of trash talk. Two historically defensive teams that's going to ground the ball. Florida has been transitioning under Dan Mullen, trying to get a little bit more spread. They throw the ball a little bit, Felipe Franks, but Felipe Franks is not a quarterback that's going to hit you up for 400 passing yards. He's a game-managing quarterback that can make plays with his legs. Shea Patterson, he can throw the ball, but Offense has been something that's been very stagnant under Harbaugh over there for Michigan, but one thing we can say is that their defense is elite. Yes, Ohio State ripped it to shreds, 62 points, but we're talking about Ohio State offense led by Heisman candidate Dwayne Haskins. Who wouldn't Dwayne Haskins shred up? Yes, Purdue, I know you're over there raising your hand. Good game, you guys want it. whoop de doo Oh, man, but this this matchup right here, I'm going to take. I'm going to take Michigan. I'm going to take Michigan, and you know what? I can't tell you why. I really cannot tell you why. I really just want to say, put it like this: I have more faith in Shea Patterson than Felipe Franks. Felipe Franks has been coming on strong towards the end of the season, but Michigan is just—I feel—Michigan has the talent to have an amazing offense. And him, Shea Patterson and Frank's stats are almost identical. 23 touchdowns, 6 picks for Frank's, 2,200 yards. Shea Patterson, 2,300 yards, 21 touchdowns, 5 picks. I feel Michigan wins the running back battle with Higdon. He has over 1,000 yards this year and 10 touchdowns. These teams are almost identical, almost scoring the same points per game, giving up about the same. Michigan's slightly better in the defensive department. But I would rely on Michigan to get some offense going over Florida. It's it's just that simple, but it can go either way. I'm gonna say Michigan 21-17, defensive slugfest, Florida could possibly win it, and that's the beauty of all these bowl games. They really can go either way. I'm more confident about Georgia beating Texas, but the Washington Ohio State and Florida versus Michigan, it's a toss up, man, it's a toss up. We're going to go to my next matchup which is my favorite because i'm biased of course new year's day espn 12 pm we talking about the playstation fiesta Bowl between your very own bayou state lsu tigers versus the two-time undefeated self-proclaimed national champions the ucf knights yes self-proclaimed champions but now nah, i got respect for y'all ucf two seasons straight Undefeated. I'm not going to rag on you guys. Do I personally like your schedule? No. But look what conference you're in. You can't just be like, hey, we want to play Alabama. We want to play Ohio State. We want to play Alabama again. We want to play Michigan, Florida. Man, you have to play who's on your schedule. The schedule was set in stone. And you guys beat Auburn last year. Auburn, inconsistent team, but that's SEC talent. You can't just say, oh, well, Auburn was a fluke game anyway. You know, they weren't truly that good. UCF has proven two years in a row that they're a great football team. And I know I ragged on you guys, but I still don't believe you should be in the playoffs. You're good. You're in a good bowl, but not playoffs yet. You, you got to sell me a little bit more. And You know what? You guys can shut me up if you could beat LSU, which I don't think will happen. I think it'll be a close game. I think UCF is going to put up points. LSU going to be without Greedy Williams, the top cornerback possibly going in the draft. He's not playing in a bowl game. LSU missing his second best corner, Christian Fulton, who recently had foot and ankle surgery. No, I'm not making excuses. I'm just laying down facts. UCF has an explosive offense that can throw the ball. They're going to be without Mackenzie Milton, so I guess that makes it even, you could say. But UCF cannot stop the run. I fully expect LSU to grind this game out they know UCF is explosive they know that offense can put up points and you've seen how bad LSU's secondary looked against Texas A&M without some of their starting corners and starting safety John Battle back there I think Kelvin Joseph will be back to back up Fulton Kerry Venture could do a good job but um UCF is gonna score man they're gonna score but I feel like LSU defense can do a little bit to limit them I feel they'll get pressure um, I'm not sure the quarterback's name behind Milton, but I actually watched him play against Memphis, um, Memphis, and he stepped up pretty good. I think Nick Brossett breaks 1,000 yards on the season. Joe Burrow makes some big throws. He's throwing for 2,500 yards, 12 touchdowns, 4 picks. Uh, We like those numbers to be bigger, but LSU is always going to be a power running team. I predict an LSU win along the lines of 45 to 31. LSU is going to ground it out, try to keep that ball away from UCF. Should be a great game that I can enjoy. Sorry UCF that two year win streak is going to be broken. Taking LSU for the win. First game of the playoffs we're going to get into also take place December 29th, 3pm. Notre Dame undefeated versus Clemson undefeated. I'm going to come right out and say it. I have no respect for Notre Dame. I have more respect for UCF than Notre Dame. They have talent. They have a great team. But I feel like we've seen this story before. Notre Dame has an undefeated season, weak schedule, getting the playoffs, and they will get smacked around. Clemson is on a mission. Freshman quarterback Trevor Lawrence, 24 touchdowns, 4 picks. But the story of this team is Travis Atien, also from the boot, repping Jenis, Louisiana. This kid is the tight running back in the country. I personally feel when he should be a candidate for the Heisman almost 1500 yards and has 21 touchdowns and that's only on 176 carries this kid is a home run threat he's electric soon as he touched the ball and he is in open space you're not catching him i feel clemson will make a statement and dominate notre dame i'm talking about blowout i feel clemson puts up even though the notre dame defense is good I feel like Clemson wins this game like 48-10, 48-13 along those lines. Nothing but respect for Notre Dame, but just like everyone else, we feel your schedule is weak. You guys aren't in the conference, and it's, it's just been the same story. I don't feel they played a team comparable to Clemson. They beat Michigan first game of the season, completely different Michigan team now, but we've seen what Ohio State was able to do to Michigan. Michigan has been shaky, not much of an offense this year. I feel like Clemson is really just going to shell-shock Notre Dame and um, get back to the national championship once again. That's easy work. Like I said, Clemson, 48-10, 48-13 along those lines. Travis, 18, is going to break 1,500 yards, probably go for about three touchdowns. Now, here's, here's a matchup that I feel personally that Alabama did not want. I was expecting Notre Dame to fall a four and pretty much match up with Alabama because I feel out of all those teams, they're the fourth best. Oklahoma is definitely better than Notre Dame in my book. But Oklahoma falls in at number four and you have a matchup that you possibly thought you'd be seeing in the national championship. Alabama versus Oklahoma. Man. I don't know what to say. I think we've been expecting an upset. An Oklahoma team... That might have the worst defense out of all these teams in the playoffs, but the most explosive offense possibly Kyler Murray Heisman Cannon 4,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, 7 picks Tua should be healthy by then, 37 touchdowns, 4 picks, 3,300 yards Have two good running backs, Stamen Harris, but you also have Brandon Jacobs, not Brandon Jacobs, Josh Jacobs for Alabama Brooks for Oklahoma He's a home run hitter. He has a 1,000 yards on 113 carries. He's averaging almost 10 yards a carry, 12 touchdowns. Brown, another elite wide receiver. Jerry Judy, another elite wide receiver. This game could have offensive fireworks. Obviously, Alabama has a better defense than Oklahoma, but this Alabama defense, unlike past ones, have shown that they have a weakness. You can throw the ball on this Alabama team. If you can protect your quarterback, you can definitely move the ball. Oklahoma will have to run it, but they can do that with Kyler Murray. Alabama is going to have to figure out a way to contain Kyler Murray. Do you want to drop back against all these talented wide receivers and give Murray a chance of burning you with his feet, or are you going to send pressure, which he still can't escape, and leave some of those wide receivers in man-to-man, you know, man-to-man competition? And Kyler Murray will probably burn you with his arm. It's, it's... one thing I will say is Oklahoma will have to keep scoring in this game because the, the the way their defense has been playing this year, I don't see them stopping Oklahoma, I mean um, Alabama's offense. Like I said, two will be healthy. This game will have fireworks, but personally I think Alabama will stop Oklahoma's offense a couple of times. Like Oklahoma's gonna need to force some turnovers. They're gonna have to be near perfect. I'm not saying it'll be a blowout, but their defense has just been so trash this year that I cannot fathom them stopping Alabama enough. They're gonna have to keep scoring. Like, you ever seen the Saints play the Giants? What was that, last year, year before that? Matter of fact, for example, Saints and Rams this year. Saints score, Rams score, Saints score, Rams score. But eventually, just, just a couple of turnovers to where maybe we can get a two-touchdown lead and score enough to hold off Alabama. I feel like it'll have to be one of those for Oklahoma. Maybe a special teams touchdown, a strip fumble, a pick, just something. That defense is gonna have to make a play for them to beat Alabama. I feel like Alabama takes this in a high-scoring game, man, like 56-41. Call me crazy. Yes, I know Alabama's defense is elite at some times, but this year they've shown me that you can score on them. Oklahoma has a great offensive line, and Kyler Murray is so explosive. It's, It's tough to stop this Oklahoma team from scoring. It really is. But my prediction will be Alabama and Clemson in the national championship for the third time in, what, past four past four years past five years something like that i don't exactly have my pick for that game because it really can go either way but that's it for these ball games man y'all need to let me know y'all thoughts i'm not you know the most perfect up here i'm far from perfect except for last week when i was making them playoff picks that was that was pretty good i gotta toot my own horn once again but you guys need to let me know your thoughts man let me know what you want to hear what, what what do you guys want me to talk about from time to time leave a comment I appreciate all the support. Remember, this is your boy, Samson Locks, here on The Growing Lock. This podcast will be growing. I'm going to keep it going even after this college football season. We're going to bring in a little bit of NFL, maybe even some boxing, any sport, really. So, you have my picks for the bowl season and some big bowl games. In the Rose Bowl, I have Ohio State over Washington. In the Sugar Bowl, I have Georgia winning over Texas. In the Chick-fil-A Bowl, I have Michigan pulling it out over Florida. In the Fiesta Bowl, I have my favorite, LSU, over UCF. And in the playoff bowl games, I have Clemson taking out Notre Dame with ease. And I have Alabama advancing to the national championship once again, sadly, over Oklahoma. I took such a long pause because I'm, it's, it's, it'll be a good game. It'll be a real good game. Something is telling me about us, it. like, dude, Oklahoma's gonna pull impossible. We have no clue, but man, y'all take it easy out there. Y'all stay blessed up. Y'all watch these bowl games. Y'all have a good holidays. Enjoy yourselves. I'm out of here.